Hello and welcome to episode 232 of Fergon the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me always, as always, sorry, is the man with the golden tonsils, League Freak himself. You can catch him on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going good. My voice is, my voice is starting to get to that point where it stopped sounding really low and now it just sounds a bit pathetic. Yeah, no, it's all right, man. I, I was thinking we might call you the Michael Douglas of podcasts. Don't make me laugh because it hurts. <laughs> That's a reference to something we were talking about last night. <laughs> it is. I, I won't say what it was. No, no, oh, no. Okay. I'm going to say what it was. Michael Douglas, <laughs> Michael Douglas said that he got throat cancer from eating pussy. And... <laughs> And we were talking about that last night. We only talked. It doesn't. It sounds weird, right? We only talked about it for three and a half hours. That's right. That's right. You know, we made sure we analysed this properly before we decided to go go on air with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we do, you know, we're thorough, thorough professionals. Mm-hmm, definitely. And as thorough professionals, we also use the most professional pubic hair removing equipment you can possibly find, and that is. The Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped. Exactly. You know what? When I take my pants down, I'm told my genitals look like a nicely refined garden. And that's because I use the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. And if you go to manscaped.com and you put in our exclusive code for our listeners, which is NRL, you get 20% off and free shipping. Now, I might be dying, but every time I drop my pants... I look like a superstar, and it's all thanks to manscaped.com. So go there, put in the code NRL, 20% off, free shipping. You'll love it. Can't go wrong. No. And um, tell you what, now that we've got things started off on a, on a lovely blue note, it's only up. <laughs> it's only upwards from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've set the bar pretty low. It can't get much worse than that. I reckon, eh? Hey. Um. We're sort of just going to have a bit, bit of a chat over the footy that happened this week. Mm. As um, Let's be honest, there wasn't a huge amount on. Um, and we can't be bothered talking about journalists talking about themselves. So let's talk about the footy. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing that probably jumped out at me this weekend was Tom Trebojevic come back, got injured immediately. And Freddie Fittler's already saying that he'll be in his Blues team. I don't know how. Um uh, you know, the, uh, at the start of the year, people were saying who they'd build a team around, and a lot of people were saying they'd build around Tom Trevojevic. And you and me were saying he's too injury prone, and I think this year he's proven it. Yeah, you're just you're just waiting for that one year where his body is finally hardened up. Yeah, and he just has that real massive breakout season. And I say breakout season because he hasn't been able to piece together a full, complete, perfect season yet. He's, every time he's gone very close, he's been crueled by an injury. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's... Look, at some point, you become an unreliable player because of injuries. Yeah, not because it, of form. Yeah, and it's rough to say, but, you know, it, it's just a fact. And you can't pay a, a player, you know, huge money when you don't know if they're going to play five games a year for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other story, big story was, um, Sean Johnson rupturing his Achilles in a yeah. really innocuous thing. Like he, he was running along, running onto the ball 
and the a pass was thrown to him it was it was too high. It was probably up around his forehead. Mm-hmm. So he's he's jumped up in the air to catch it and taken the catch cleanly. Everything seemed fine, but as he's hit the ground, it's almost like he um he might have hyperextended the tendon or something like that, and it's just gone. And he hit the ground not in pain, but because he knew that there was nothing there. Yeah. It's that look back of like there's a mechanical issue here. Yeah. Um, and players that get Achilles injuries, they normally feel like something that hit them in the back of the leg. Um, and yeah, and he's a, he's a complete tear. So that's that's really, really rotten to come back from. And there's talk that it could be seven to nine months. Mm. God, that's that's cruel, that is. Yeah, especially so him, for a player like him. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're looking at him coming back sometime between April and June next year. Mm. Um, the upside is Sharks have got two very talented young halves there. Yeah. Connor Tracy and, um, God, I keep forgetting his name. What's, the other uh, kid there? what's his name? Damn it. Trindle. Brayden Trindle, Trindle. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those two kids are absolute live wise. Really nippy, really fast. They play with a lot of energy. Mm. Um, a lot of good prospects in those two going forward. Mm. Um, on the downside, you can bet your bottom dollar that Chad Tanzan will prevent one of them from playing every week. <laughs> yeah, and you just go bad move. Chad Tanzan is to attack what a handbrake is to a racing car. Yeah. Racing just, cars don't tend to have handbrakes, but still. That's kind of my point. <laughs> Attacks don't tend to have Chad Townsend's. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's so weird how his form has been. Like, we're coming to, I think we're coming to this year and we're like, oh, yeah, Chad Townsend, he's a pretty solid player, premiership winner. Well, he and was justifiable. So being put in the in the origin talk last year, he was playing really well. Yeah. Um, and it didn't come down to the fact that he was, you know, he's never been the sort of player to get a ton of tri-assists. But he he was playing a very, you know, eyes up sort of footy. He he would take to the line. Um, he was a a tough sort of seven, not yeah. your finesse type seven. Yeah. And you sort of look at look at that and go, you know what? When you've got a a quality playmaker like Cleary alongside you, having a half that can go to the line without fear like that is is a pretty good attribute for a partner, especially at the Origin level. Yeah. And so it wasn't that foolish of an idea, but man, his form has disappeared so far this year that he's he's not in the hunt. The only player he's better than this year is Bryce Cartwright. Yeah, or, or Matt Daylight as well. <laughs> Matt Daylight, he can't catch a ball. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a shame. It's, it's always a bit of a shame when you see that I mean, happen to a player. You know what? I mean, drink water. I, I always call, call him Daylight. Uh, I don't know what you're doing there. Yeah. Like, I, I, thought, I, I thought you were just making a reference to a past player. I thought, oh, fair enough then. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I, I mean, drink water this year at the Cowboys. Uh, I don't think he's ever been in, in origin conversations. Oh, no, no, never. But it's just, I think he's one of the worst players in the league. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, speaking of origin, just briefly, former origin forward for Queensland, Tim Glasby has announced he's retiring at the end of the year. Yeah, it's interesting. There's every so often, like he had concussion issues, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. 
uh, every so often there's a player that retires early. Like there was another player that I believe uh, a, a Bulldogs player that's retiring early to go and work in the mines or something. Yeah, he's um an article about him in the and the NRL website said um he's got headache sensitivity to the light and noise motion sickness um and he said it would go away but then I'd overextend mentally or physically it'd all come back and come back bad it was wow. just no good so uh, yeah he he's made the right decision yeah definitely um and hopefully you know, being away, being able to rest physically and and getting some mental rest as well will let it settle down and you know it, he'll go back to a normal baseline. With any luck, yeah, it may take a little bit, but hopefully, hopefully he can get back to a uh, as much as possible a, a normal existence with his with his head, and hopefully his brain is not too severely impacted. But I mean, who who, who knows how you know what sort of damage has been done there. It's strange with concussions that <clears throat> there are some players that, you know, they, they're in a bunch of, of big hits and stuff and they always just bounce back up. And then some players, they just get rattled. Uh, it, and I don't know if it's like a, a physical thing or if it's just, you know, a, the DNA lottery, but some players, it really, really affects them. And I think that that's the next step in working out who those players are, if they can find a marker for, you know, players that might have um, more severe effects. And it's going to be bad for those players because they'll, they, you know, they'll be able to weed them out of the game with a blood test probably, but it might save them from future damage. Yeah. That's all right. So the, he's hoping that things get better for him. Yeah. Um, just you know, go through what happened in some of these games. Now, the, the biggest story and the greatest story that happened in Rugby League. Yeah. And this is this is Rugby League giving back to the universe. <laughs> the Bulldogs beat the Rabbitohs on the weekend, on Thursday <laughs> night, and it consigned the Broncos to last place. Feels good, doesn't it? Oh, man. It's just amazing. And, you know, the, the Bulldogs have the impossible task this week against the Panthers. And uh, I thought, isn't it? Uh, who who are the Broncos playing? Are they playing the Cowboys? They are. It's yeah. a very 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 winnable game. Thing is, it's on Thursday. Mm. The Bulldogs have got time to to see what's going on and figure out what they should do. Um, yeah, it's, you know the thing that strikes me about it. Okay, about this yeah. game, Bulldogs beat the Rabbitohs twenty six sixteen. Yeah, is the coach of the opposition team who lost that game. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon there was just a hint of him going, I don't mind if we lose this because my former <laughs> club turns up being last and I can just then go, I'm in the finals. What happened to you lot? <laughs> we do, well, <laughs> oh, you know what I was thinking? Who gets that wooden spoon? Oh, you've got to give it to, to Seabold. He's, he completely destroyed the soul of that club True. in such a short period of time. It's, it's, it's quite simply stunning. Mm-hmm. He's taken a club that's never won a wooden spoon and decimated everything about that club in such a short period of time. I find that, I mean, that's that's truly remarkable. I'm not even mad. No, I'm, I mean, not, let, just to put it in perspective, okay, the West Tigers have never won a wooden spoon. 
Yeah. And they've been mediocre for nearly the entirety of their existence. And the Broncos have outdone them for shittiness in one year. That is insane. It really is. Um, um, I, yeah. I just It will all be Cowboys fans this next round. Oh, the, yeah. thing, the thing is, say the Broncos win, right? The Panthers uh, play the Bulldogs. And we've got the minor premiership. The only thing is really the winning streak and that 90% marker, which is a pretty cool, cool one to get. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I'd give it up for a Bronco spoon. Here's the thing, and you could almost take it, and that is the Penrith doesn't have to lose. All they've got to do is have a draw. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Hmm. Would that work? Oh, no, they're both on six points. Yeah, they do have to lose. Man, that sucks. Yeah, that, it does suck. See, the problem, the, the thing that was that was stunning about it, okay, is that it wasn't just the fact that the Bulldogs won because that was never going to be enough. Mm. And then on Friday night, Parramatta had all the pressure, more pressure than any Parramatta side has ever been under in their mm-hmm. entire existence since 1947. They had to beat Brisbane because if Brisbane won that game, and let's be honest, Brisbane's been showing some improvement the last few weeks. Oh, yeah, definitely. If yeah, So Parramatta had to win that game to ensure that the Broncos were consigned to last place. And they were made to work hard for that win, and they, they got up 26-12. They got the job done. Yeah. Um, kudos to Parramatta. That's probably the toughest game they've played since the last time they were in a grand final. So I'm hoping they can bounce back and still be effective in the final series because that would have taken a fair bit out of them, that pressure. I just We're all going to be Cowboys fans this weekend. And come on, Cowboys fans, you can, you can do it. You can come we're on. all behind you and you can do it. You can give that. It's, although it is cool that the Broncos can say, you know, you, could, you can say the Broncos plays win tonight and you don't get the spoon. That's a pretty big incentive. You know what I think would happen? What... what what should happen? Okay. Yeah. This year we've seen some amazing generosity by NRL clubs to help out the the Warriors. Yeah. Field a team be competitive this year. And it <laughs> almost saw the Warriors reach the finals. Yeah. Every NRL club right now that aren't in the finals hunt should just say, you know what? We will gladly donate one of our top players to the Cowboys this weekend to ensure that they get the job done over the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> They can have kick out. No, well, Benji's available. Okay. I don't You've know who's talking about. Um, or maybe Harry Grant. But let's, yeah, chuck Harry Grant in there because <laughs> they don't have a number nine. Um, That's true. Oh, you know who's better for them would be uh, Cleary because they don't have a halfback either. That's true. They, they do have Tom. Oh, geez, I'll tell you what, though. They do have Tom, Tomo back, don't they? Imagine putting him and Kikau on the same side. Yeah, Tamalolo and Kikau, yeah, that, that would be... Sorry, Tamalolo, not Tomo. Yeah, and then you could have... Be crazy. Yeah, the Raiders could chuck in Papali. Yep. Um, the Sharks could throw in, say, Hamlin Yoweli. Yeah. Look at this forward pack. And you got, you've, got, you've got Harry Grant there just feeding that absolute monster of a pack. 
and getting them just going forward the whole time. And then you could have Josh Adokar could could pop up and be on there on one wing. Um, pick any Fijian from any other side. He can go on the other wing. Yeah, has to be Fijian. Absolutely. Um, yeah, God. I'd say RTS a fullback, but he got injured today, unfortunately. So maybe Tedesco. Roosters could donate Tedesco. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great idea. I, I I see no downsides to it, hey? Nah. And everyone can have a gentle... Because it's a gentle trial run mm. against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. No one's going to get hurt. They're playing the Broncos. And their coach is Peter Gentle. There you go. That just says it all. Um, Penrith beat the Cowboys 32-12. No one was really surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, another game where Penrith played played someone and conceded two tries, and that was it. And I yeah. remember I remember watching this game and saw the Cowboys scored that second try with um, that went to Kyle Felt with about mm-hmm. ten minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, I said to the to the misses at the time. Cowboys won't score again because that's all Penrith do. They let a team get to twelve or fourteen points, and that's it. Just shut up shop. Yeah, it's it's they've incredible been doing it. To watch they've them. been doing it for weeks. Yeah, the the consistency is outrageous. Yeah, like since round ten, they had Cowboys scored ten against them. Titans fourteen, Manly twelve, Canberra twelve, Warriors twelve, Cronulla twelve, Tigers six, Brisbane twelve, Parramatta two, Cowboys twelve. The thing is, were the Cowboys at full strength? Because I believe that only wins against full strength teams count. That's what I've been reading in the newspapers. Yeah, I suppose the other problem too is that um, that game was played in Townsville, but not mm-hmm. Townsville in Queensland, the Townsville suburb near Kingswood, just outside Penrith. Yes. Yes, because the Penrith the, don't travel anywhere. Yeah, the Panthers have not had to play a single away game this year. Did you know that? Yeah, they haven't travelled anywhere. They've, they've had a soft draw. Mm. They've not played a single top eight side this year. In fact, did you know, mm. when you look on the current ladder at the moment, Penrith have not played a single team above them on the ladder. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and it's been a really soft draw when you it's take fucking, that into account. NRL account. has been fucking looking after them. Really have. They really uh, have an absolute bloody travesty, absolute joke. Um, so you can just tell they've just they've just gift wrapped the uh, the premiership for Penrith this year. Yeah, well, you know, sh- always trying to help Penrith win the NRL. Like it's pretty obvious what they who they want to win this year. Oh, absolute bias, man. Absolute bias. It is sickening. Um, on Saturday, the Titans. Dicked Manly at Lotto Land. Mm-hmm. And as much as a lot of people were surprised, I mean, I went through the stats for, uh, the week before. Titans love Lotto Land. They should actually mm-hmm. move their home games to Manly. They've got so a better weird. win record at Lotto Land than they do at the bloody Gold Coast. Yeah, that like they, they are outrageously good there. And mm. when you told me their record there last week, I was like, holy crap. It just didn't seem right. But, you know, I tipped them... Um, Earlier in the week, I just thought that the Seagulls have looked done for about a month and a half, and it was good to see them get up a, a big win. Yeah. Are you um, upset that they've taken the uh, Tigers' place? Well, not really, because, I mean, oh, I've been saying for a few weeks now there's no chance in hell the Tigers are going to finish ninth. That's true, you have. And 
I mean, the Tigers had the next game, so they knew it was on the line. Yeah. And they got dicked. They were crap. And the problem is, Melbourne were garbage in this game, and they still scored 50. Yeah, that that's never a good sign. It's weird how a lot of teams that are considered premi- proper premiership favourites, they're not at, at their best right now. It's really strange. The, the Melbourne's attack is is fine. It's it's absolutely spot on. Mm. But their defence and their defence in the middle at times in this game was horrible. Mm. There was a try that Adam Dewey scored, and it was ridiculously soft. Mm. But there was nothing going on. He's got the ball a second receiver. He's in front of the post. He's drifting to the right, and he just looks around. There's no option runners running off him, left or right. So, just, so in his own mind, he goes, oh, well, I'm just going to have to take a settler. Yep. So he runs at the line and does what every other single player does in every single game, going back to the dawn of time. He runs at the shoulders of two defenders. Yeah. You commit two defenders. That's all you're doing. And he walks right through them mm-hmm. and scored a try. And you looked at him and went, the fuck was that? Like, that was a try. That was Brisbane Broncos type defense. <laughs> And that's how bad it was. Yeah. And then Tiger scored another try, and it was in the middle where Alawai was just given and was just dished a crash ball, and he just he made Jesse Bromwich his bitch. <laughs> it wasn't a fan. He just ran at him, and Bromwich just hit the ground, and Alawai just strolled right over him and scored next to the post. I went, fuck, that was soft. Yeah, and like the previous week, they I believe it was the Cowboys put on some points on them. Mm. Um, it's and again it's through the middle. Worry. It's yeah. through the middle, and that's the worrying part. Is this they're conceding points far too easily against really mediocre sides mm. straight through the middle. And when the finals comes, man, if they haven't got that shit sorted out, they're not going to last long in the finals, even though they're sitting second on the ladder. Because yeah. the really good teams will destroy that. Like they'll exploit that, pull it apart. Cowboys and the Tigers weren't even trying to exploit it. That's the thing. They were just they were like settler plays. Yeah. And it's led to led to twelve points for the Tigers. That's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and no one's like... talking about it. I, I just think that that's a, a chink in their armor that um no one seems to be thinking about. I know I don't understand that, hey. Like this week we saw a lot of talk about why the Panthers can't win it. But there's obvious things like they this with some of the other clubs. And I'm not setting up clubs against each other, it's just like there's some actual stories out there that, you know, are the Storm. The Storm looked really good about three weeks ago, but their last few performances haven't been fantastic. Um, the, I think the Roosters game against the Sharks, they're letting in 18 points against the yeah. Sharks. Well, I mean, we're getting to that. I mean, the Sharks were without Sean Johnson for the majority of the game, which meant mm. their attack was going to suffer, given that he's got the most tries in the game. Mm. And yet they put on 18 points. The Roosters just turned off at, at times in this game. And they did the same thing last week. They just went, yeah, we're out and far enough. And they just put it in second gear and just coasted. Did you know that uh, Luke Keery... Hang on, hang on. Luke Keery is you the greatest say, competitor in rugby league. You know what? This this um, this um Rona that you've got, yeah, it's changed your voice to be very Matt Nabel-like. <laughs> Luke Keery is maybe the greatest player in the history of rugby league. <laughs> Seriously, they were 
they were blowing Luke Keery for two hours during that coverage. It was really mm. weird. Mm. It was. Um, man, the Sharks exploited a few little, um, you know, chinks in the, the Roosters' defense as well, which is very odd to see because they were – they were doing nothing in attack. It was just a bunch of forwards just running, running a muck, trying to make something happen. Occasionally, they scored points. Mm. Um, one thing that's, I think Trent Robertson might be, should well actually should be going out of his way to try and, you know, hit the hit, a, you know, hit on the head is the amount of focus that the NRL website is putting on Sonny Bill Williams because I think a lot of clubs might be able to just go to the NRL website during the week and go, okay, let's just watch Sonny Bill Williams in detail and find out whether we should exploit him or not. And there was one try at the uh, Sharks scored where Sonny Bill didn't even get close to making a tackle and he was within a few inches of the player with the ball. And I think think there's another try where Canella almost scored if it hadn't have been for Sonny Bill Williams hanging on for dear life on a tackle as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you made a really good point before we started recording in our pre-recording excellence. What And what was that about Sonny Bill and where they're playing him? I don't think a... Well, where is he playing him? They're playing him more towards the middle. When he used to play for the Roosters back when he was a... Um, you know, the last time that he was playing in the NRL, he was in his usual spot, you know, wide of the ruck. And now he's been parked further in towards the middle so that stronger defenders, props and second rowers are either side of him to try and protect him. Yeah. Whereas in the past, yeah, he was a a pretty reliable defender, obviously. So he was parked a little bit wider out and his job then was to support the centre outside him and protect the the half inside him. Mm. Whereas now they, it's almost like the Roosters aren't trusting him enough to do that role anymore. So they're parking him a little bit further in so that his inside shoulder has been protected by a better defender. Yeah. And he's sort of, his role is now to help be a cover defender for the, the half that's standing next to him as the play goes, you know, past him, I guess. So they've, they are using him still as a solid defensive player, but they're not trusting or relying on him to be the, top line defender that he used to be yeah so that's changed things up a little bit there um i also don't think that teams yet are focusing much attention on sonny bill williams Mm -hmm. because no one's really done that many plays running at him the sharks did it a few times just to test him out yeah and I think they found out that they're, if you run the right play at him, you can you can get through him pretty easily. And it's, yeah. it's one of those ones where you change direction close to the line. Yeah, you and use your few, Yeah, and we're starting to see a few teams starting to do this where they, they'll they slide left and they'll turn a player underneath and make them come back in on the right. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get Sonny Bill flat-footed, you will get past him. Yeah. And that... That was something that the Sharks did. They tried on a few other players out there for the Roosters, and it didn't work as well. But I come up trumps against Sonny Bill Williams, Sonny Bill Williams almost twice, but definitely once they scored a try through. I, if I'm the Panthers and they end up playing the Roosters at any point in the finals, I just say to kick out, just run at him yeah. all day. Yeah, I'd have Cleary drift left, turn it inside for kick out back underneath, yeah, and just run, run at, run at Sonny Bill. Yep. Isolate him, run at him. Because more often than not, Sonny Bill's going to have probably the greatest play that's ever existed 
defender next to him. <laughs> Luke Keery. Yeah. <laughs> he's the greatest. He's the greatest competitor in rugby league. There you go. So there's a bit of analysis. Mm. Um, man, today's games. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you know look, what? I, I enjoyed the next game. I enjoyed the Raiders versus Warriors game. Yeah. Look, Ricky Stewart's come out and he's, he's absolutely land-basted the referee after um, Jack White got sin-binned late yeah. in the first half. And at you know at first glance, you would side with Ricky Stewart because the penalty that saw uh, White and get binned was after the the Raiders had done I think two really dopey stupid bullshit things in a row. I think one yeah. John Bateman was pulling on someone's ear or something like that in a scrum, <laughs> and it started a scuffle. Yep, and the Warriors kicked a penalty goal. Then from the next set, um, Josh Papali grabbed hold of one of the Warriors players' um, hair yeah. and reefed him down by the hair to the ground to enact a tackle. Yeah. Just, mate, when you when you build like a fucking tank, what are you doing that shit for? Yeah. Like, just fucking smashing, man. You're built to do that. That's what people love you for. Just fucking run into him and smash him. Don't grab him by the hair like a pussy. Fuck. Um, and so it was obvious that the referee was saying, right, you know what? That's two really shitty penalties that you guys are giving away. The next one, I'm going to put someone in the bin. Yeah. And the one he got whitened for was being offside, um, when defending off his line. And when you look at the footage, you kind of look at it and go, "Mm, was he? Like, it's really tight. It's super close. Yeah. And it, because it's so close and so tight, it makes it hard to accept that White deserved to be sin-binned. But it does have to be taken in the context of exactly. everything leading up to it. Exactly. Now, the other thing that Ricky Stewart should be should not be worrying about it is the fact that at the time when that happened, the Warriors were up, let's see, eight points to four, mm-hmm. I think it was. The Warriors then went and scored a try and got out to 14 to four. And then and then the Raiders scored two converted tries while White was off the field to take the lead at halftime. Yeah, and this is while uh, Williams was off the field for the rest of the game with concussion. So they were playing without halves while yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um, so I think for Rick Hughes, you know what? The team rallied really well without that bloke on there. And while he was off the field, we managed to get the lead and then keep, kept the lead. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. It's, what he got out of that is he got a response from his team. They they knuckled down. They focused on playing footy. They stopped being dickheads. And they performed really well. And the Warriors side were playing damn hard footy. Yeah, they were doing their they've, best. They've hurt a fair few Raiders players in that game too. Yeah, um, look, I, I think the Raiders this year just haven't hit any great heights ever. And... Just, I think a few weeks ago, they looked like they were just starting to find their groove. And then as soon as they found it, they lost it again. Yeah. Um, Defensively, though, they've been pretty solid. I think their defense at the moment is much more 
um, reliable and solid than what I've seen from the Storm and the Roosters so far. Because mm-hmm. team, teams will struggle to score points against the Raiders. Uh, I mean, when the when a dog shit West Tigers can, team can put 22 on the Storm yeah, and the Sharks without their, you know, chief playmaker can put 18 on the Roosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if... if I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors could have put more points on both those teams, given the way they both defended. The Raiders' defense, though, was more than equal to the task, and I'd say that at the moment they're better than those two sides. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I just don't rate the Raiders. Uh, I don't rate them no, at they're, all. Their attack is clunky as fuck, but their and defense is pretty pretty good. And, and we were saying before the podcast, like they're – the English second rowers were having a contest to see who could play the widest, and they kept on uh, losing out because the wingers kept on telling them to get away from them. It was really weird. <laughs> well, um, I, I, did the, I did the live update for this game for the yeah. League Unlimited website, and yeah. I gave the uh, three, two, and one points at the end of the game, and someone said to me, actually two people asked me, how come you didn't give Elliot Whitehead any points? Because he threw two absolutely stupid flick passes that were never on to a winger who was never in a position to take him at times when the Raiders need to score points. And both times that pass went into touch. And they were only like five minutes apart. Yeah. And learn, man, from your mistakes. You know what? There's been so many flick passes by people inside the wingers, whether it's been the centre or whoever's been there. Um Valentine Holmes has been really bad for it. Instead of just passing the ball, they tip it on or they throw it out the back and stuff. When a normal pass or taking the tackle is a thousand times better option than what these players are doing. Like Valentine Holmes, he hasn't passed to an outside player for fucking weeks. He keeps on batting the ball on and it keeps on going over the sideline. The problem with with the Cowboys at the moment and Holmes is they are trying to use Valentine Holmes the same way the Knights use Kalen Ponga. Yeah. But the problem is the halves are not getting the ball to Holmes anywhere near early enough in the set. So when he's getting the ball, because of who he is, there's always going to be a defender coming up fast on him. And so they're holding the ball up too long. So by the time Holmes gets the ball, he can't do anything creative with it whatsoever. And because the service from the halves is so poor, and so slow, he's that's all he can do is bat it on. And I know it sounds like I'm defending him, but I mean, at the same time, the halves should be looking at that and realizing that Holmes is being heavily defended. Use him as a decoy for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. Instead, they just give him the ball every damn time. And it's more often than not, he's under pressure. He can't do anything with it. And it shuts down their attack every time. It's stupid. He gets and they the keep ball. doing it. And they keep giving him the ball like when he's on the line. Yeah. And it, it's like they've got to give him a little bit more space, let him use his footwork going to the line, and give him options running off him. Exactly. Get him the ball early. Let him drift towards the sideline if he wants to. Make the make the winger drop back inside. You know, and that way you've, you've got an option inside and out. You can put in a grubber. He does have a handy little grubber on him. If he wants to throw that flick pass, he's going to have someone coming back inside, so they're not going to be running towards the sideline. Just simple things. I mean, every team does this sort of stuff, but the Cowboys just go, huh? Yeah. It's, it, you know what? Josh Hannay is a replacement coach for Paul Green. He hasn't done himself any favours. Um, you know, in the, how weird was all of the stuff about Dean Young this week? 
Like, <laughs> it was this massive drama amongst the media that Griffin wanted his own coaching team, which every fucking coach in history has ever done. And Dean Young's like, oh, it's, they're, they're like, oh, Dean Young's informed the Dragons that he's leaving. And it's like, they fucking got his replacement three weeks ago. Yeah, he doesn't it's... have to tell them that. They expect <laughs> him to clean his shit out in two weeks' time. It's a classic play of, you can't sack me because I quit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Oh, God. And, man, the Dragons today. Oh, boy. I'd, you know, as a Tigers fan, yeah. I felt sorry for the Dragons. Like, the Tigers considered 50 points against Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Melbourne's a tough team to play. doesn't matter who you are. The Dragons conceded 42 points against the Knights, and it was only because Newcastle didn't want to score more points that that score wasn't worse because Newcastle was scoring points with ease. Yeah, and the Knights are in a bit of a weird situation themselves. Like, they're another team that's not in great form. They look so much better with Ponga on the field, though. Like, he just is a massive difference to that team. But, yeah, it's uh, it was a bit of a sad game, this one. Yeah, too. you take Zach Lomax out of the Dragons and they have got the spoon. Yeah, yeah. That, that kid is something else. I mean, he scored all but four of their points today. Yeah, it's uh, he's had a pretty solid year, hasn't he, in a, a terrible team. I'm and a I'm a huge fan of Zach Lomax. I, I think he's massively underrated. He's He's got a bit of X factor about him. He looks an absolute gun and... He deserves better than being in that Dragons back line. <laughs> he really does. I don't care where he goes. He deserves to be in a better team than that. The weird thing for me is that they had some games at the end of the year when Dean Young took over where they could have worked some things out maybe going into next year, and I don't think they've worked anything out. No. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's the that's the footy wrap up. Was there anything else that went on this week? Uh, not that I can think of. Hey, it's been a bit of a, a a quiet week for rugby league. It feels like, hey, has been a little bit. There were, the only other thing that happened during the week was um, well, not during the week on the weekend. Um, Cameron Smith passed um. Craig Bellamy's try scoring record. Yeah, <laughs> which was quite amazing because um. Those two have had a bit of a, a wager on that for a while, I believe. Yeah. And so Cameron Smith got past it with the most absurd tries ever. Yeah. Um, so Luciano Lalu was lying on the ground at the play of the ball, and it was right on the Tigers' line. And yeah. as he's, uh, you know, still trying to get up, he's decided to put his hand out and swat at the ball to make it look like Cameron Smith has knocked it on a dummy half. Yeah. Smith doesn't touch it, kicks it ahead anyway, just quick thinking, toes it into the Tigers' in goal, follows it through, and scores a try. Yeah, just sharp, crisp, clean thinking by the by the uh, by Cameron Smith there. Mm-hmm. Gets the green light, he gives up, and he's he's geeing up the coach, and the coach just hangs the finger back at him with a bit of a wry smile. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you know the funny thing about it too is he literally took more games than any player in history to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it was pretty funny though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not much else going on. No, it's been a quiet week, which is good considering I've been dying the whole week. So we weren't able to podcast as many times as we wanted. Like, I feel like we're we're 
four podcasts short of where we would normally like to be this week. We had heaps of plans. We had a women in league week lined up and just, I, I was just too, too unwell. Like, um, uh, it sucked. <laughs> um, it's, it's all right. We're, we're getting back on the horse now. Yeah, exactly. I was something else I was going to mention. I can't remember it. Oh yeah. Um, did you think that the uh, the bunker was performing any better this week? I think that it... I, okay, I'm glad you brought this up. I think it performed slightly worse, and I think it, that the the decisions were way more... Uh, they took longer, and the, the people making the decisions were more tentative. And I think it makes complete sense, because this time last week, based on one game... Fifty percent of the people that make the decisions got sacked, and, yep. and so you've got one person now making the decision. They've got a no second set of eyes, and it's all just on one person. And it used to be like that, and we changed it because it was stupid. And now it's just back to that again because the media wanted it based on one game. Graham Asley should be fired. He's a fucking disaster for the referees. He's taken the. The officiating from bad to worse in the space of one week. Yeah. He pushed through a whole heap of changes and he's some of the stuff he's he's brought through has just been nuts. Yeah. It I like just I feel I feel sorry for the video refs because they're there, they haven't got someone saying, Oh, but have a look at that, you know? And how can it be so hard to get a system that works there? All we just say is let's go to the system that we initially had. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Have two referees on the field. It worked. Yeah. I don't... People have got this mythical belief that having one referee on the field has somehow made the game even better. Yet, at the same time, these people are still sitting there bitching about the officiating. Yeah. There's so much stuff that's gone on in the rock in the ruck now, and it's, you know... Referees have got to start turning a blind eye to half it just so they can officiate the game. And, and the play the balls are outrageous at the moment. They're a mess. They are. And they're not even trying to make contact with the foot. I don't, I don't really care if that's the case or not, but if that's the rule, then it's the rule. It should be enforced, but they can't. Yeah. There's no way you can. Um, the amount of you know, defenders' hands on, on the footy in the ruck at the play the ball, oh, it's, just a, it's just a horrible mess. Yeah. And I, I, I just feel sympathetic to the referees because, like, literally, like, you think of this year, they've had all the touchy sacked and they've had 50% of the people in their bunker that helped them make decisions sacked on whims. Yeah. And on whims where they've also had changes to how they function. Yep. Changes that didn't make things better only made it worse. Yeah, and that's while they're now under more pressure, they're able to be focused on more, and every Monday, their boss does a PowerPoint presentation to say where they got everything wrong. Yep, brought in a rule where players can all challenge referee decisions on the field. Yep. And I'd argue that 75% of the time, at least, the referee's been found to be right, which proves that the challenge system is completely unnecessary yeah you know if it was 50 50 i'd say keep it but that's just it just hasn't been 
No, it's not even been close to 50-50. And all we're seeing now, and this has been really prevalent over the last two, three weeks, that teams are saving up the ref challenge for the last five, ten minutes of the game Mm -hmm. purely to give their players a rest, not because they think a a question is wrong. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that a few times where it has been a pure rest. Yeah, and you're seeing them back to back to back, which just proves just proves that they're using it purely to get a rest. And this is what happens when you've got one ref and they can't police the game properly and things are being ignored. You know, that's the, the feel-good style of officiating. You know, only call the important ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, the game may move faster. It may look like it's a lot better, but at the same time, players are stuffed. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is a link. I'm not saying there is. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a link between the number of injuries we've seen this year, especially with hamstrings and shoulders and legs and stuff like that, and the fact that the players aren't getting as much of a chance to rest. And there will be people out there that think, oh, you know, it's good if there's if there's injuries. It gives other players chances and it you know brings the halves into the game. Going, it's never good that people get injured. Nah, tell like tell that to Sean Johnson. Yeah. He's not going to be able to play for bloody, you know, six, nine months. Mm. That's not a good result for the football. I, it baffles me. It baffles me. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. What can you do? Now, no, um, <clears throat> you just got to, like, it's, I'll tell you something else. The commentary, Fox Sports commentary is like listening to a bunch of drama queens. Like, any time something happens, like a player, you know, hurt his arm or something, and they're like, oh, my God, is his season going to be over? And they've gone through, like, this nervous breakdown over the course of 30 seconds while the game keeps going on, which I haven't talked about. And that player trots back into the line and plays the rest of the game. Yeah. I think they're all getting a bit on edge because the finals are coming up. You kind of get the same thing every year. that They start to get like this around origin players and when the origin selections are coming up close by and then they do it again when the finals are on, they all get a little bit on edge. Um, sometimes it's a bit over the top, but anyway. Can I, can I ask you a question? Do you give, right now, at this very minute, do you give a flying fuck about the origin teams? Um, no, I mean, the only time I care about the origin teams is the week when they're announced, to, when they need to be announced. Yeah, same here. Other than that, it's all just pie in the sky talk. Yeah. Hey, they're doing uh, the Dally M's. They're doing it uh, like uh, socially distanced online somehow. Um, oh, really? I, yeah. I don't know how they're going to make that happen. But I was That's thinking, going to be an epic Skype call. We need to hack into that. Well, I was thinking <laughs> what we should do is run our own Dowling M. Uh, on while we're like that's going on, but we'll do it on YouTube. Absolutely, we'll watch the Dallingams and we will do our own thing. We might get a couple of guests on. Essentially, and... we'll be hijacking the uh, the virtual Dallingams. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. Definitely. I'm keen on this. It'll be great. I'm definitely keen on this. I'll get our new secretary onto it. Okay. Cool. I like it. Let's make yeah. it happen. Excellent. Done. Lock it in. Um. Andrew Voss has made a very interesting um, point this week, and that is five years after the Broncos played the Cowboys in the grand final. Yeah. 
they're going to be in a clash, which could determine who wins the wooden spoon between the two sides. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Can the Cowboys win the wooden spoon still? Uh, just I wouldn't be surprised if they can. Um, yes, they probably could. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, just having a look at the ladder. No, but they can they can finish in the same competition points as the Broncos. Okay, okay. So the only thing that stops stops them getting there is the points difference. Yeah, it's uh. Right, let's, again... let's let's do a 1997 World Club Challenge type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that when Penrith are going into the final round and they need to win by forty odd points yeah. to make the finals, even though they'd won every game. Yeah, that was great. Okay, so. The Broncos would need to beat the Cowboys by, let's see, by about 86 points. <laughs> right. And I think that would, and yeah, that would, that would consign the Cowboys to last place. Okay. Wow. You know, it would also mean that the, Cowboys and the Broncos would actually both be the bottom two place teams. What if they what if they beat them by eighty five points and they're joint wooden spooners? Now if it's eighty five, the Cowboys will be fifteenth. Broncos will still be last. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be eighty. Eighty six. Okay. Wow. So, That's interesting. It's been done it's been done once before. It's not impossible, Broncos. Keep your chin up. Get Peter Gentle. He needs to do a coaching job this week. Oh, yeah. There's no way to, uh, no better way to break a losing streak like the one you're on by just ripping out an 86 point victory. Yeah. Takes a lot of pressure off an 86 point victory, eh? It's, uh, it, it really does. Um, I can. I remember back when Winston George did it in 1935, it really took pressure off them. They, yeah, didn't, make the, yeah. they didn't make the finals, but they didn't get the wooden spoon either. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, so yeah, that was yeah, great times, great times, good times. <laughs> I remember back then with onions and polio. Yeah, oh, polio was fantastic. Yeah, oh, it's better than what I've got right now. I tell you. Oh yeah, made, made your made your second rate Rona look like fucking child's play. I know. I've got budget Rona. Hey, <laughs> you do. I've got those type of Rona you get at Franklin's. <laughs> Yeah, you got the fifty percent off Rona. Yeah, <laughs> bargain basement Rona. That's right. Seriously, yeah. I've got everything except the fucking Rona. It's like you go through everything that it says you get. I've got it, but I haven't got Rona. So yeah, pe- people, I was sweating on the fact that Freaky was going to get the the major symptoms of Rona, which was no sense of taste or smell. <laughs> Because I was just going to have him eating onions and mustard and shit on the episode. <laughs> Andrew showed me a video of a dude that was eating an onion and then ate a big thing of mustard. And he was like, oh, this is what happens. Yeah, you were fucking excited for me. To... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're so doing this. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that, that's how much we care about each other. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do social experiments on one another. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you got Rona. Have you got some fucking onions? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll express post some up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this shit. Oh, fucking hell. 
<laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, he's uh. Because he, he's because the freaky's uh, immune system is absolute top notch and world class. He's been able to fight it off in the space of about three days. So, oh man, I've, you know what my my biggest sleep was on uh, Tuesday, and it was for five hours. And since oh. then, it's been like three hours, two hours, three hours, two hours. Um, and it's been right, and I've been really, I've been this unwell for a, a number of years, probably since the last time we went to Hull. Um, I was pretty healthy when I was in England. I think, I feel oh, no, like... I'm not talking about your health. I'm talking about what happened when you got on the grog over there. Oh, yeah. I spewed <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I think that was the last time I charked. <laughs> that was, yeah, I got asked to leave the pub and went back. I got two hamburgers with the lot. I don't know what I was thinking. And as I'm halfway through the first one, I'm like, that doesn't feel good. And just <laughs> fucking... This is not a good thing. That's how bad you were. You got kicked out of a pub in Hull. Yeah, yeah. I did good. (laughs) You did did Australia proud, man. Yeah, well, you know, you got to represent, don't you? Bloody oath. Show me how it's done. Yeah. Right, well, that's our quick episode done. That's an absolute cracker. Yeah, how long's that been going for? Oh, 53 minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Spank that in the can. Job's done. Nice. So, that, that um, gives everyone to something to listen to. Exactly, because um, I got people now. The freaky's back on the back on the uh, mend here, mm. and as he's every time he, he recovers from a virus, he gets stronger. Yeah. Um. Goddamn people, your ears are in for an absolute pounding this week. Fuck yeah! I'm like, uh, what? What's the dude from uh, Batman vs Superman at the end? Not Hans the Gruber. Action. Hans Gruber. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember what his name is, but... Uh, he, John McLean. No, not fucking John McLean. God I'm damn it. Out. Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah, it's him, actually. Yeah, it's him. It's one of those three. It's always one of those three. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, I take I take all of the things that tried to kill me, and it makes me stronger. Exactly. Ah, so that's... uh. Got a big week coming up with any luck. Yeah, fingers crossed. That or I'll get pneumonia in the next 48 hours and die. Ah, you won't die, man. Ah, I don't Nothing. think so either. I don't expect I'll die. You went to Hull and survived, mate. Nothing will kill you. Exactly. I almost walked to Salford one day. <laughs> That's an absolute test of the, uh, the the human condition, if ever there is one. Fuck yeah, it is. Ended up in a place called Eccles. Got I got so fucking drunk, I almost ended up going back to a place in fucking St. Helens. <laughs> so, what was I thinking? You weren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that much is clear. Alrighty, well, once again, thanks to our uh, our friends there at manscaped.com. Get over there, but whatever you want. Uh, you get 20% off when you use our code NRL at the checkout. Uh, get free shipping as well. They don't just do products too. You can shave your balls. They've also got nose clippers and stuff as well. You get all the hairs out of your snotter. So um, you can get yourself a pair of those if you need it too. Yeah, get yourself looking like you're ready for match fitness and and out there ready to take on the world. People will be looking at your snores saying, oh, that's, you know, good snores, nothing going on there. They look at your, your genitals. They'll say, oh, yeah, that's good too. And you know what? Nothing helps you clean up a bit of nose candy like having a, a hair-free snoz. 
Exactly. So get over there if you like a bit of that and uh, sort yourself out. You thank us for that one. Um, check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Get out there, subscribe to us. Give us, you know, thumbs up. Get on your podcasting and give us a five star rating and a, uh, a, you know, a nice comment as well. And we'll read that out on here. We'll put us up on our website, FergoOnTheFreak.com. Make you famous. Yeah. And uh, we'll start getting into some emails and stuff soon because I've been saying, well, I've not been on my computer much. The emails and stuff for all the podcast and that goes through to my computer. Don't get it to my phone. So uh, I've got people to catch up with and message and stuff like that. I will get to you. There you go. There's a promise. And uh, I suppose on that note, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we will definitely be catching you probably tomorrow, but, you know, further on this week. Catch us later.